Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to teach on grace and faith, living in the balance of grace and faith. And this is just about the end of my series. I've been on this for four weeks. Tomorrow's going to be my last day to make our materials available to you. And I want to encourage you once again to please get these materials. It's not about me getting money off these materials. You can go to our website and you can download all of these teachings absolutely free. I'm not doing this because of my benefit. I believe that this would really, really help you. These truths have totally transformed my life. And I believe that this balance between grace and faith is one of the major things that God has called me to do. This is just at the heart of what God has called me to do. Most people will either emphasize grace or faith, but very seldom will you get these things in balance. And I really believe that this is a needed truth. Tomorrow's going to be my last day to offer these products on our television program. So I want to encourage you once again to please go to the effort of requesting them. I know that it would be a life changer for you. Yesterday, I was talking about one of the benefits of this understanding God's grace, and then faith is just how you appropriate God's grace. One of the benefits of this is in my personal relationship with the Lord. It has given me peace because I understand that God loves me independent of what I deserve. He doesn't love me because I'm, you know, doing certain things. I have some people come up and they will see me minister to people and people get healed and people get saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've had people come up and say, man, God must really love you. And what they're really saying is that God loves me because I've done this and God used me and did all of these things. God doesn't love me more because I reach somebody and do something more than somebody else. Now, I believe that God wants me to be fruitful. I believe God wants all of us to be fruitful, but God doesn't love me more because I'm on television and radio and I reach people all over the world. I tell you, the moment you get into thinking that God loves you somehow or another because you are so lovely, you are going to find that you mess up. You do something wrong and all of your confidence in God's love for you will come crashing down if it is based on you. It's like you got these links in a chain and you've often heard this statement that, you know, a chain isn't any stronger than its weakest link. And if you are a link in the chain, if, if God's love and His power and His anointing and all of these things are because of your goodness, I can guarantee you that chain's going to break because you are the weak link in the chain. You've got to get to a place to where God loves you because God is love and even though I may respond to the Lord and even though God might use me and some good things might come out of it, God doesn't love me because I'm doing all of these things. God's love was as consistent for me when I was eight years old and I first accepted God's love before I'd ever been called to preach, before I'd ever traveled the world, before I'd ever done anything. God loves me because He is love. 
And I believe it's pleasing to the Lord when I cooperate and He's able to flow through me. I believe God's pleased with me, but He does not love me because of what I do, what I've done, what I'm going to do. Man, that's awesome. And because of that, see, I have a security and a peace in my relationship with the Lord. I didn't do anything to make God love me. I don't have to do anything to make God continue to love me. God loves me, period. It's just the way that He loves me. And yesterday I was talking about this out of Isaiah chapter 54. This is the benefit of the uh, atonement that Jesus made that was described in Isaiah chapter 53. And in chapter 54, verse 9, it says it was like the covenant that He made with Noah, that as He has sworn that the waters would again uh, no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. I talked about that yesterday. And yet most people who are born again and know that they are saved, that they do have a relationship with the Lord, they will often feel God's displeasure, anger, not because God has given it, because God has sworn that He would never be wroth with them nor rebuke them. So where is this coming from? It's their own conscience because they're living under the law and the law ministered wrath. The law released wrath. Man, those are awesome statements. And then I want to follow that up here today in verse 10. It says, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. God has sworn right here that in the same way, someday the mountains are going to depart. It says every mountain and hill will be gone. Well, that day hasn't come yet. I live where I can see Pikes Peak. It's still there. Some of you live in a flat place. You can just take my word for it, but I'm telling you the mountains haven't departed. He says, The mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed. I can guarantee you there's many people watching this program that you say, Well, God just took away my peace. I just don't have any peace. I, you're under such conviction and all these kind of things. He says he would never take his peace away from you. It's a covenant. His covenant of peace would never be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. So who's right, God or you? I'm telling you, you may not feel peace, but it's not because God cut it off. It's not because God stopped the flow. His grace is consistent. It's sufficient. It never stops flowing. But if you are under an Old Testament law where you somehow or another believe that God's acceptance and love and use of you is conditional on your performance, then your own heart will condemn you. And you're the one that stops the flow of God's peace. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit. God never shuts it off, but you may experience a lack of peace because you aren't responding to Him in faith properly. You are blocking it. Those are, those are major statements right there. I am not denying that there are times that we feel condemned and that we feel a lack of peace. I'm not denying that, but what I am trying to say is it's never God that is administering this rejection towards you. Once you get born again, He will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never do any of that stuff. 
It is just your perception that has changed, and it's usually because you've given place to the devil. Man, those are awesome, awesome statements. You know, there was a time uh, when I was in Vietnam. I had this experience with the Lord in 1968 where I just was caught up into the presence of God. And I mean, I felt an overwhelming love of God and it started my life on a totally different course. And right after that, in 1969, I was drafted and I was sent to Vietnam. And I went over to Vietnam in January of 1970 and stayed until February the 28th of 1971. So I was over there 14 months. And during this time in Vietnam, it wasn't my surroundings. It wasn't the military. It wasn't the war. It wasn't any of the hardships living in a bunker and eating sea rations. That wasn't what caused my problem. But I just longed to feel this presence of God that I had felt the year before, and I, I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't in my emotions. And I assumed that since I couldn't feel that same love, that somehow or another God had just turned it off, that God had withdrawn from me. I, I felt contrary to everything I'm teaching right now. And I just felt like, God, what have I done? How come I don't feel this love? And I prayed and I sought the Lord for it the entire 14 months that I was in Vietnam. And I just never could get back to that place of having this overwhelming emotion of God's love. And because of it, I got so desperate that I actually asked God to kill me. I spent most of that time over there asking God to kill me, not because I, uh, you know, life was terrible. It's just I felt the only way I could ever really experience this kind of love from God was just to die and go to heaven. And I wanted it so bad, I spent a lot of time praying that God had just killed me. And then I nearly died twice in one day. And I found out I really wasn't as excited about dying as I thought I was. And I decided I'm going to quit praying that he kills me. And I just started getting into the Word. And anyway, it's a long story. But the, the reason I wanted to share this was that during that period of time, I was just saying, oh, God, I want to feel your presence. And I wasn't feeling these emotions and stuff. And so I was seeking God. And I woke up one morning. And I don't have the words to describe this, but it's just like God left. Uh, I was terrified. And for three days, I had no awareness of God's presence whatsoever. I was petrified. I was a chaplain's assistant and I lived in the chaplain's bunker. And when the chaplain was gone, I was supposed to meet people and take appointments and do things, you know, all clerical duties and stuff like this. And I was so petrified. My chaplain was out in the field and I was there by myself that people would knock on the door. And I actually hid in this little tiny place I'd made that, you know, you put your clothes that you wanted to get clean and I would cover myself with clothes and hide. I was just petrified. I couldn't look at a person in the face. I was an introvert to start with. And anyway, for three days, it was like God was gone. And man, I was praying, I fasted, I wouldn't eat during that time. And I was saying, oh God, get me back to normal. I don't know what's happened, but just back to normal. And then one day I woke up on the third day. And when I woke up, I was kneeling beside my cot. I slept on a military cot 
And I was kneeling beside the cot and I was praying and nothing special was happening. I didn't have this overwhelming joy and peace and love like I had been asking for, but I was just back to normal. And you know what? I, I'm not sure all of the things that were involved in that, but I believe that even though God said He had never leave me nor forsake me, I believe that my perception of that He just totally took away my awareness of this and showed me what I would be like if He wasn't with me. And He let me just go for three days totally on my own to show me how I was uh, not acknowledging His presence with me. You know, I heard recently, I heard uh, Keith Moore, he spoke at our Bible college. He spoke at an army conference that we had. And he gave a similar type of experience to where he was praying and asking God to show him, uh, you know, if there was any pride in his life and if there was any areas that he was just depending upon himself and not depending upon God. And he went through a similar type of thing where he went to minister and all of a sudden he couldn't say anything. He couldn't put two words together. He couldn't remember scriptures. He just totally, totally, totally bombed out. And he realized that what had happened, he had been asking God to show him any ways that he was just trusting in himself and wasn't acknowledging God. And he had gotten to where he thought his ability to speak and communicate was somehow or another his own. And God just, you know, took that anointing off of him for a brief period of time to show him, this is what you are without me. Well, in a very similar way, I believe that God just, he didn't withdraw from me because he promised he wouldn't, but my feeling, my um, awareness of His presence, I had taken it for granted. And boy, when it was gone, I realized that, man, at my very worst, I still was better than my very best time when that knowledge of His presence was gone. And I quit praying that God would do something special and I'd feel this. And I just started walking in the revelation of I've already got it. And I believe that this is what the Lord is saying here. He said He'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. His covenant of peace would never be removed. And there are times that you and I may not feel peace, but it's not because God's grace quit granting it and quit flowing. It's a fruit of the Spirit that's within us, Galatians 5.22. But there are things you can do that will diminish God's peace. For instance, in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, The Lord will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusteth in him. Now, God's peace is always there. In the new covenant, you have love, joy, and peace. It's the fruit of the Spirit that's within you. You always have it. But if you don't keep your mind stayed upon the Lord, you won't experience that peace. Not because God hasn't given it, not because it's not there, but your emotions follow your thoughts. If you think on depressing things, you are going to be depressed. If you have a negative report and the doctor tells you you're going to die and you've only got a year to live or whatever or something like that, and if you go to thinking about that negatively and thinking about, man, what's going to happen and I don't have insurance and my family's not going to be taken care of, what's my funeral going to be like? And you go to getting sad, you are going to lose your peace, not because God turned it off or withdrew from you. It's still there but it's because you aren't thinking on the things that grant peace. It says over in 2 Peter chapter 1, 
in verse two, it says, grace and peace are multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have to get grace and peace comes through what you think upon. And if you aren't experiencing the peace of God, it's not because God hasn't given it to you. It's because you are thinking on things that don't minister peace. You know, right now I've got things going on in my life. I've mentioned this earlier, but I need hundreds of millions of dollars in order to fulfill what God has called me to do. And there is no guarantee in the natural that I'm going to do it, that I'm going to get it. And so, you know, I could be thinking about this in a totally negative way. And I could be sitting here thinking about, oh man, what happens if this doesn't happen? What would it be like if we have to stop construction? What about this? And I could think on all of the negative things. And if I thought on these negative things, I wouldn't have peace. But I am keeping my mind stayed on the Lord. I'm keeping my mind stayed on the promises that God has given me. And because of it, even though I've got this huge burden and all of these things that God wants me to accomplish, I have cast that burden over on the Lord and it's just not a problem. I've got absolute peace because my mind has stayed upon Him. So see, if you're paying attention, this describes the balance between grace and faith. It's not just up to God and, and God is going to give me peace. God has already given me peace. He's given you peace. It's already there. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But there's things that we have to do to access this grace. And one of them is you have to keep your mind stayed on God. You have to look at things through the way the Word says instead of using carnal reasoning and thinking in doubt and fear and unbelief. And so there's things that you need to do. But see, I have just learned this and it has given me so much rest that based on these promises, God's covenant of peace is never removed from me. Man, that's awesome. And so if I don't feel peace, I don't go and say, oh God, please give me peace. God, please, I've lost my peace. Would you please give me peace again? No, he, he never has taken it away. There was something I did. Primarily, I quit focusing on the Lord. I quit keeping my mind stayed on Him. I've been doing other things. You know, the, I can get so occupied with the ministry and running the ministry and making decisions that I don't have time to study and pray. And man, this is a constant battle and I have to force myself to find time to keep my mind stayed on the Lord and not just deal with these physical, natural things. But if I ever go to feeling a lack of peace, I never doubt God's grace. I just learn how to rest and, and enter back in and say, God, I'm making the adjustments. I'm going to get my mind back stayed on you. Now, see, somebody could take what I've just said right here and say, all right, so for you to have this peace, you've got to do this. And when you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, then God grants you peace. No, God has already granted me peace, but I'm just ignoring it. I'm hardened towards it. I'm blinded to it until I get my mind stayed on the Lord and start seeing things God's way. And somebody might say, well, what's the difference? One way or the other, until you get your mind stayed on the Lord, you aren't going to have peace. Well, it's a huge difference to think that me doing these things makes God move. No, it's so much easier to understand that God, you've already supplied. You never take away these things. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. If I've ever felt peace a minute in my life, I still have it today. It's not you that changed. It was me that changed, so I just get back and put my mind stayed on the Lord. It's, it's so different because I'm not trying to change God. 
That's frustrating. It's frustrating to think that a finite man can change God. No, it's so comforting for me to know that God is good. God is consistent. God will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His gifts and callings are without repentance. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. God has never taken anything away from me. He's consistent by grace. But any fluctuations that I see in my life, it's me that is getting off mark. I'm taking my eyes off of Jesus. I'm not being focused on the Lord, and that's the reason I've lost my peace. And once I understand this, then any time I discern that I'm having a lack of peace or any of these other negative things that happen, I know that the problem is with me, and I just go back to what God has shown me. I get my mind stayed back on the Lord, and it's so much easier. I just It's like leaning back and just resting. And God, I know you've already supplied this. Forgive me for getting away from it and taking care and me trying to solve my problems on my own, and I just go back and rest in the Lord. I hope I'm explaining this in a way that it's helping people. I don't know if, if you're getting it or not, but I'm telling you this has just transformed my relationship with God, and I believe it would yours too. If you quit trying to get God to do something He's already done, found out what He's already done by grace, and then your faith just reaches out and rests appropriates what God has already done. I tell you, that has just transformed my life. I've got an entire teaching on this. I hadn't got time to go into it, but if you could put this together with Luke chapter 2, verse 14, the angels at the birth of Jesus, they said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Most people take that as it's peace among men. This is the angels singing about that there's going to be end of war, there's end of problems, peace among men. That's not what this is talking about. Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 10, don't think I came to send peace on the earth. I didn't come to send peace. I came to send a sword. There'll be division in a home. Jesus did not come to give peace among men. Now, granted, that does happen as people receive the love of God and it changes their relationships with other people. And there have been lots of of strife and divisions and wars and all kinds of things that have been stopped because of the love of God. But Jesus did not come to bring peace among men. He came to bring peace from God towards men. And this verse here in Isaiah 54, verse 10 says, this covenant of peace will never be removed. Regardless of what you felt, regardless of how you've interpreted your feelings and emotions, I'm telling you, God has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He never will. God loves you. That is grace. But does it automatically produce positive results in you? Not unless you know, not unless you renew your mind. You're going to have to get into the Word, but you're getting into the Word and prayer and seeking God is not what causes God to love you and extend grace towards you. He did that before you ever did anything positive. But your positive response to His grace is how you appropriate it and get these things working in your life. I tell you, that's a mouthful. Tomorrow's going to be my last day to teach on this. I'm offering this book. I've got it in multiple languages. I've also got study guide. I've also got CDs and DVDs, a lot of things. And remember, tomorrow will be our last day to promote this on our television program. So I encourage you to please get it. We have people standing by at the phones right now. You can call in. 
But listen to our announcer. He's going to give you more information about how to get this. And then please call or write today and receive these materials. On today's program, Andrew mentioned his teaching titled, You've Already Got It. This teaching is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Andrew's teaching titled, Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith, is available as a live teaching on either CD or DVD, or in a DVD set as seen on TV. You can also get this teaching as a book or study guide in either English or Spanish. Or you can get the Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book, and the study guide. This package has a catalog value of $85, but you can get it today for only $60. Also, today's individual audio CD is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Okay, so we're now on the east side of the parking garage. Behind me, you can see over here, this shows you how that it adjoins to our uh, auditorium that we've just finished and occupied. Now all of the pavement on the inside of the parking garage is completely done. Around on the north side over there, you'll be able to drive around and it will go up, it'll slope up, and you'll be able to enter the parking garage on the second level up on the north side. And then if you continue to go around, there will be another entrance that's on the third level. So let's go around and I'll show you the opposite side of this, the third level and where you enter there. Okay, we're now on the third level of the parking garage. I'm standing on the island that separates the in and the out on the third level. This is the west side of our parking garage and they've got it closed up. They've got plastic over all of these windows and they've been heating this so that they can work in here. All of the 150 or so people that are on our phone center, all of our uh, 75 offices in CBC will be able to park on the third and the fourth level and enter there. And then the first and the second floor will be all for the students and they will go directly into the auditorium level. I just want to thank you and say that this is a modern day miracle what God is doing. I believe that God is blessing us and praise God the best is yet to come. Thank you for being a part of it. We'll give you an update in about a month's time. You know, if you would like to come to Karis Bible College, but you just can't bring it on yourself to leave where you are and move out here, I would like to let you know that we have extension schools all over the United States as well as many foreign countries. 
And uh, we have morning classes, night classes. We have Saturday classes where you meet just two Saturdays a month and do the rest by correspondence. There's many ways for you to take advantage. So go check out our website and see if there is a Karis Bible College close to you. As Karis continues to grow, new locations are constantly being added. Students are being equipped through the Word of God and grounded in the message of God's unconditional love and grace. With over 70 locations worldwide and brand new ones starting, there is a Karis waiting for you. Please go to karisbiblecollege.org slash mycampus to find a campus opening near you. This is Andrew Womack, and I want to invite you to join me on May the 2nd through the 4th, Calvary Church, Irving, Texas. And uh, I'm going to be holding a Gospel Truth Seminar there. Come and join us for a great time in the Word of God.